Hey, everybody. Thank you again. I want to take a quick moment to say that. And also, if you enjoy what I'm doing here, if you enjoy this podcast, if you enjoy the guests that I'm having on, if you enjoy the subject matter, please go to wherever you download your podcasts from and subscribe to it. That helps me out. Also, if you write a review or or at least rate it, that also helps me out with these platforms, algorithms and such. Helps me get seen a little bit by people who haven't seen this or heard this yet. Also, if you go to www.theartoffitnesspodcast.com, I have an Amazon portal link. And if you go through Amazon, whenever you're doing Amazon shopping, if you go to Amazon through my website, a percentage of whatever you purchase helps support this podcast. So please do that. I'm Steve Serbis, and this is The Art of Fitness. Hey everybody, welcome to The Art of Fitness. I'm Steve Service, and today I'll be talking with Val Voberil. Val is a 38-year-old current professional fourth grade elementary school teacher. She's also a CrossFit athlete. She resides in Fresno, California with a BA in education and is only three classes away from completing her master's in education from Cal Coast University. Here are some of Val's accomplishments as a CrossFit athlete. In 2009, she went to the CrossFit Games, but she had to withdraw because of uh, a medical withdrawal after, the, after event one. 2010, she again returned to the CrossFit Games as an individual where she achieved third place in the world. And also in 2010, she received the Teacher of the Year Award. In 2011, she had her daughter, Vin, in 2012. At the Southern California region, she got third and fifth at the CrossFit Games. 2013, Southern California Regional, she got third. And again, third at the CrossFit Games in 2013. In 2014, Southern California Regional, she got third again. And another fifth place at the CrossFit Games. In 2015, she was at the Super California Regional, where she got 15th. And in 2016, she declined regional invitation, but she completed on a team with Maddie Myers and Regan Huckabee at Wadapalooza, and they, they took first in the elite female team division. In 2017, this year, she achieved seventh worldwide in the online master's qualifier. She went to the California Regional. She got fourth. And uh, also in 2017, she got Educator of the Year Award again. I uh, really, really enjoyed talking to Val. She is, um, she does it all, man. She's like a superhero. I mean, in this episode, we get into how she juggles it all. We go into um, detail about what she feels is her largest life hurdle and, um, and what it was like to overcome it. Um, for those of you who are wondering how to make a choice, in life, for those of you who are at a point where you're deciding, you know, where your focus should lie, this is a do not miss episode for you. Um, take it from somebody who really does whatever she wants to do and whatever she sets out to do. 
And all right, friends, let's go to my conversation with Val Vobril. Val, you there? Hi, Steve. How are you? Hey, Val. How are you? Val Vobril. I can't believe I'm talking to Val Vobril. And here's why. Let me tell you something. So your, your path and my path have crossed numerous times at the CrossFit Games, but we have never introduced ourselves and connected. So in 2010, um, I coached Jess Pomanian, who was directly behind you um, in getting on that podium. And I was, my wife and I were just like, Val Vobril, she's like our age. Oh, my God, right? <laughs> um, I'm older than you. But, uh, you know, we have just been fans of yours and pulling for you and have been astounded by what it is you're doing um, for a while. So thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to ask this because this is what I'm really interested in right now is what are you going to do, Val? Masters or individuals? What are you going to do? Go on individuals. That's it. All right. Awesome, Val. So this is the how many time you're going to go to the CrossFit Games. This will be my sixth games. Your sixth games. And out of those six games, how many times have you been on that podium, Val? Four times. Oh, oh no, twice. Sorry, twice. Twice. How many times twice. have you been in the top ten? Uh, four times. Val. Top, yeah, third, fifth, third, fifth. That's so cool, man. So listen, did you did you expect this? I I just want to know. Did you expect this because I know that you did the Masters qualifier and what you got like what seventh in the world? Yes. Phenomenal. Thank did you, you expect um your performance to to happen the way it did in regionals? No, not at all. Uh, the game plan was to just kind of go play with friends and enjoy regionals. The previous year, I had declined my regionals invitation because the year before that, I didn't enjoy regionals at all. Okay. So I kind of wanted just to kind of end on, well, not end, but have a regionals experience that didn't leave a bitter t- taste in my mouth. And um, so it was more just to go play and enjoy myself and be surrounded by amazing athletes and that group atmosphere that you don't get with a master's online qualifier. Right. And it was a great atmosphere. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. You know, and that is a tough region that you just qualified for. Um, you got some some heavy hitting individuals in that region. And uh, yeah. and they're, they're all your pals, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So cool. And you came out, what, fourth? I came out fourth. So now here you go. You're doing it. And, um, and how, what does your training look like now? I mean, are, are you getting, are you gunning for another podium spot? No. Um, well, it doesn't, that mentality doesn't work for me. Okay. So, um, I'm gunning to go have fun. Um, cause that mentality mindset works for me. Yeah. Um, and it's. To me, it's the, you've made it when you make it to the games, mm-hmm. right? So that podium finish or being in the top 10 or top 20 is like icing on the cake because mm-hmm. now you're competing with women from around the world who are phenomenal athletes. Right. Um, so training is not going to be an hour a day anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and now that school's out, uh, this week was not students, but it was still work. And so that now that school will be out, I, I can dedicate a little bit more time to training. Yeah. I mean, in, in the past, you know, I've, I've heard what your training schedule was like 
And I got to be honest with you, I, you know, this three days a week, an hour to an hour and a half a day, I, I'm, I'm like, I hear this and I'm like, bullshit, <laughs> you know, you yeah. know, there, there's no way, dude. But, um, but I mean, that's what it's been. Right. And then you, you've been, you've been doing what you say you, you're training an hour a day right yeah. now. And then how is that going to change? We're going to get into this later, but, okay. but. How is how is that going to change in just in terms of time? We'll get into specifics a little later. So just just to clarify, yeah, it is more like five days a week that I that I train the hour a day because uh-huh. I like those two days with family. Right. Um, and then the the hour a day will probably change to um, two hour and a half sessions, or my coach would like me to split them up into sessions, mm-hmm. whereas I'd like to just try and like power through like two straight hours. Yeah. Um, and get the same volume in because if you, without too much specifics, if I break it up, it means I have to warm up both times, which right. adds more time to my training time versus if I chunk it all together, but then maybe the intensity that I can go for a straight two hours, isn't the same on each element. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, um, in terms of your personal life, how, cause you're a mom, right? Mm-hmm. And how old is your child? She's going to be six this summer. Six years old. Wow. So she's going to be off. Is she your coach? (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes. um, There were days in the backyard where she would totally squat with me with a PVC pipe and mimic me. There's other days where she just gives me a workout. Like she goes, okay, mom, you're doing like three rounds of... 25 burpees, 25 wall balls. I'm like, why do you not like me? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or she makes up her own like kind of obstacle course and I follow along and do it. Or or as long as I don't watch, she'll do some kind of cool stuff, but I can't, I can't be caught watching her. (laughs) It's very secret. (laughs) Cool. When did this start for you? So, so here you are and you know, you have a, quite a history in this sport but um but when did this when did this all begin for you when did you start pursuing fitness i mean was it something you did as a little girl was it something that you were you always in sport when did it start yeah i would say i was always in sport although i wasn't a good competitor i liked to I liked to play. So I did gymnastics for years from like nine to 18, but competitively I was average. I had a lot of fear and then saw, I played a little bit of softball, but again, I choked at games. It was great during practice. Um, I didn't do a lot of team sports and then like just growing up with my parents, it was, they were never working out. We just always, we went for bike rides or we swam or we played catch or we played basketball, but it was always play. So the mindset about exercise and taking care of your body was not about a have to, mm-hmm. it was a get to and wanted to. So I remember going back home and visiting my mom in her high school classroom and the kids were like, oh my God, how much do you work out? And I was like, oh, I don't work out. And my mom's like, you're lying to my students. And I go, oh because I didn't think of rock climbing and aerial fabric and martial arts as working out. It was all fun to me. You do aerial fabric? I I did. I used to. Yes. That is so cool. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, I've never done it, but I mean, it looks cool. There's no way I would ever do that. <laughs> Talk about fear. Um, but uh, wow, that's really neat. Now, yeah. now is going back 
tell me about the the first time you competed in a pull-up contest <laughs> going back to uh, fourth grade oh yeah oh so all right the 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 st- i'm sitting you know in the cafeteria when you're in fourth grade girls and boys don't sit together Right. So all the girls are sitting at the table eating because they always took a long time to eat and the boys had already gone out to play. And then all of a sudden the cafeteria gets really quiet and I turn around and there's a gang of boys behind me. And they're like, Val, you have to come with us. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and all the girls are laughing at me. They convinced me to go. We go. We were on a campus that was K through 8. So we went through the to, over to the middle school side of the campus where there were pull-up bars. And they're talking the whole way about how the vice principal has this pull-up contest and I'm the only one who can beat them because I'm the one who can open everyone's thermoses at lunchtime and they know I can do it. And I get over there and the vice, they're like, Valor, Valor's going to beat you. And he goes, well, I guess a girl can do this. Oh. And it was on, like, that was a very competitive moment for me. I was like, oh, okay. And uh, he made me go first. Right, and there weren't butterfly or kipping pull-ups back then. They were strict pull-ups. I think I did about 20. Whoa! And he pulled off 21 because he knew what he had to do to beat me. Yeah, that's... And, uh, but the my dad was furious, and the boys were furious, and they're like, you cheated, you made her go first. So we had a do-over the next day. <laughs> he still made me go first, but I think it was because it was the next day and he was older. I, I still, I was able to beat him. Nice. What so. did you do on day two? Day two, I think I did 22. Yeah, man. Nice. So, yeah. So, is he still around? Do you talk to him? No, I don't. I don't know. What, I just have this, you know. I just have this image that maybe you like crushed him, and he's still watching you on the CrossFit <laughs> game, saying, "One day, Vogelil." One day. Um, listen, let's uh, let let's take another turn here, and um, I want to talk about um, something that you shared with me about what you went through as as a youngster, and I'm assuming that this. Yeah, I don't want to assume anything, but um, you, you said that your largest life hurdle must have been overcoming an eating disorder, and mm-hmm. um, and how how long was that? I mean, how long did that last? It was at least ten years of my life that I spent wow. uh, practicing bulimia. Wow, and yeah. and um, how did that start, Val? Ooh, I remember the very first time I purged, I was at my grandma's and, you know, grandma growing up in the the 20s, always, um, you know, you didn't waste food in her house. Right. And in her house, you were a good kid if you finished everything on your plate. And it was very important for me to be a good kid. So I always finished everything that was on my plate. But then I would feel miserable. Um. And my sister, on the other hand, would respect her body and her feelings and say, nope, I, I, you know, it doesn't feel good to eat that much. And she'd end up getting punished. And she says, I, I don't care. But I, I couldn't stand that. So since I was such a people pleaser, I would finish everything. Then they would heap more on my plate. And then I'd have mm-hmm. more to finish. And all I could think is how awful I felt and how good it would feel just to have that out of me because I felt so sickly full. And, uh, and I just remember being able to just, kind of will the food out of me <laughs> and yeah. uh and throw up in our bushes man so so that's a long time 10 years it was a long time when how did you come to to i mean did you always know that it was like 
a problem or how did you come to recognize that this was a problem? Oh, I, we'd watched this awful video in high school about um, someone being bulimic and how they would throw up in cans and stored it in their... I think I saw the same one. <laughs> stored in their closet or something because they didn't right. want their parents to find out. It was disgusting. And I remember watching it and I go, God, that's gross. Who would ever do that? And then there I was a year or two later doing it myself. Um, not because the video gave me ideas, just because life circumstances. But um, I, I, I think I knew it was a problem when, um, when all the sneaking, this, the moment I had to sneak around to do it, which was from the get-go, I knew it wasn't right. I knew yeah. from that video it wasn't right. But I also knew that it gave me relief. Yeah. And, I mean, I, how, when did this start? How old were you? Uh, probably started when I was about 15. So 15 to 25, uh, about 10 years. And yeah. uh, when, did, when did you decide, it, how, did, how did you get out of it? When, did you get help? Yeah, so I, um, I asked my parents uh, to take me to therapy. I tried therapy for, you know, like through high school. Um, and then that wasn't successful. And then, uh, college, I didn't want to move away from home for college. Cause I thought that would be worse for the eating disorder to not have any stability, right. but it wasn't any better. So, um, I found a, like a treatment center and booked, booked that, that in two months of treatment center that used up all of my college funds. Yeah. So, but that, uh, I, I think it was worth it. I think it was a big step in the right direction. I definitely didn't, um, it didn't resolve the eating disorder. I spent many years after that trying to, trying to resolve it with counseling and other things. Um, and it was a very, very slow recovery process. I'd gotten to the point where every, every meal, every time I ate, it was purged. And I'd messed up my body so much that when I did decide that I wanted to change, I couldn't keep food down. Mm. So that was a the healing process. It was was took so long, or my stomach would get it hadn't digested food properly in so long. It, it I always had like an upset stomach, or you know, and that makes makes life uncomfortable. So what started off as doing something to make you feel comfortable turned into a. I'm just tracking this for myself. Turned mm -hmm. into a um, a habit, a, like a psychological habit, and then that that evolved into an actual physical habit where your body wanted to your body wanted to purge food yeah even if i didn't want to yes wow yeah geez so what what did thank you for talking about this by the way what what did um what did help look like and then in the form of what 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 finally i know it was a slow process but what finally was the coming out of the woods when when did that occur Oh, I would say actually like it, I, I started to get a little better. Oh God, I don't know. I don't know what the turning point was. I think it was when I started dating my, uh, my current husband, my current, my only husband, Steve. Yeah. Now, um, he told me that if we were to date, I had to go to OA. I had to go to meetings over Eaters Anonymous. Mm -hmm. And so I would go every week while he went to his meetings and, uh, um, those were, painful. It was a year of a lot of painful crying constantly. Yeah. And I think that was 
part of what helped turn the turn the corner. Man, well, that's great. And geez, it, and through through all of this, you were an athlete. Yeah, I I would say like when I realized that the purging with my grandma was you know a terrible plan. Um, I found like I kind of went through an exercise bulimia stage where I would just exercise all the time. And I came back to high school. I remember like that summer I worked out all the time. I came back and adults and students alike all went, oh, my gosh, Val, you look amazing. And in my head, I went, what did I look like before? Right. And wow, I'm amazing now. And the only way this amazing body happens is when I exercise all the time and I hardly eat. But that hardly eating doesn't last well, that wasn't sustainable. So then I was like, Ooh, I can eat and then just throw it up. And also everyone notices if you don't eat. Yeah. So it was, it, it finally like, you know, to keep getting those compliments, I had to find different ways to achieve it. Man, do you, I mean, yeah, I don't want to digress too much, but, um, you know, how, how much, how much of, of expectation do you think you know, I mean, we're not we're not doctors, man. But how, how much of of expectation of um, of accolades and compliments do you think is the sole reason for for eating disorders? Huge, I would say it's ninety percent of it. Hmm. You know, it's that self image and the the desire to please others or be accepted by others in whatever vision model we have i mean that's why crossfit is so great that's why i've heard so many I, th I don't think i've ever talked about my story but since i've been in crossfit so long i've heard so many other women talk about theirs yeah um and it's it's not nice to know but it's good to hear that recovery happens and that so many women have found something that supports uh an image of women as being strong and healthy right Yes, and you are definitely it. So here's here's somebody, you know, in you that, um, <laughs> I mean, that is a mountain. You know, my wife is a psychologist, and yeah, yeah. and I know that that bulimia specifically is like one of the most difficult things to break free of. And um, you know, bless you, Val, <laughs> for doing that. But not only that, but. Um, but finding something that that you have become this this um, for lack of a better term this this icon of positivity and and um, perseverance in this sport that is not difficult not easy and and, <laughs> and you know um, you're at the apex of in terms of people who've been doing this so thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and you know, I and also thank you for sharing it. You said you've never shared that before, dude. Thank you so much for sharing that because, um, you know, this is a very real thing, and and I think people sometimes confuse fitness. Jamie Huggy and your pal and I were talking mm -hmm. last week, and I think sometimes people confuse fitness with looks, and um, yeah. you know, so thanks for sharing that, man. And then before we go into the questionnaire, though, I want to talk about something that just astounds me about you and is how you balance stuff. Because let me tell you something, um, as as uh, a 40 something year old guy, <laughs> a 42 year old guy, father of two, um, 
multitasking still isn't my strong suit. I, you know, I mean, it's just like, I mean, the, the, the house can be on. If, if I'm tying my daughter's shoes, the eggs are burning. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So how do you do it, man? I mean, you know, that that is a broad and general question. But but do you have any tricks that help you juggle everything and keep all of these plates in the air? Um, I, I think I'm somebody since the age of, you know, I could write, I like schedules. So schedules totally help me. Um, in fact, I must do it so much that my, you know, my five-year-old is like, okay, let's make a schedule. And she <laughs> makes like checklists of things to get done. Yeah. Like I'm a checklister, I'm a scheduler. Um, and I've got fabulous family support that have moved into town with me and that step in when things are needed. Although I try to do it all myself a lot of the time. Um, and a wonderfully supportive husband. Um, luckily we have blended roles where we both cook, we both clean, you know, we both help out with the child. Um, so, so that helps, but I, I think it's like a, a rigid schedule and a, um, and a go, go, go. Like I don't, I'm moving until, until my head hits the pillow. So schedule, 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 and, (laughs) and don't stop until it stops gotcha yeah, <laughs> those are two great tricks i mean <laughs> i don't know if those know, are great tricks like... i just know that that's how i function <laughs> well it works for you it's got to work so um all right val are you ready to go into this questionnaire because there's a lot of info here that i'm sure people are going to want to know okay let's do it all right section one the physical how many meals do you consume in a day um, and when, when I say how many meals do you consume in a day, I'm talking now. I know your training schedule is going to change for the games. I'm talking uh-huh. right now. What does it look like? Usually it's two full meals, like a, like a full breakfast and a full dinner, and then three snacky type meals throughout the day. So about five times. About and, five times, yeah. And in percentages of fats, proteins, carbs, do you know your macronutrient breakdown or does it change with time of day? Does it change with training schedule? I know none of that. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So, so, so how do you, how do you choose? Um, I try to do like, I mean, I guess that's what the macronutrients are. I'm like, Oh, I try and have a little bit of fat, a little bit of fruit or vegetable and a little bit of protein. I try and pack the way I pack for my kid, like lots of colors Yep. and lots of, um, as little processed foods as possible. And I mean, as possible. And that's about it. Keep All it right. simple. Great. Excellent. And how much time do you take between eating and training? I like that, what does C.J. Martin call it, that starved state. So I prefer anywhere from two to four hours between uh, my last meal mm-hmm. or eating my last meal and training. And and you feel like that gives you, th- that that helps your performance is just feeling a little bit empty? Yeah, I hate feeling full. Right. And I hate feeling like there's, especially if you have something like, you know, something all out taxing like Fran or something else like that. Like the last thing I want is... For my body to be trying to do anything else. Yeah. How often do you train in a day right now? We touched on this uh, briefly. Yeah. Once a day right now. Once a day right now. And then games time, school ends. You're a fourth grade teacher? Correct. Yeah. So school ends and all the grades are in and then it's just CrossFit games focus time. How often do you train then? Um, I still think it's going to be one to two times a day and then I got to fit in... um, family time and I got to finish another master's class. I can't, uh, I can't keep putting it off. <laughs> right. You're getting a master's soon. Yes. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. 
See, another another plate in the air. This is what another I'm saying. Plate. It's yes. like you're just full of them. It's just like how does this how does this woman do it? Um and what does a typical training day for you look like for the games? You say you're going to do about two one hour and a half sessions um and then with you don't like to take a lot of time in between, but what does it look like for you in terms of uh energy systems you're working on, skills? So um, it looks like usually there's some sort of squat session that happens first or some sort of strength. Um, then skill work, um, either gymnastics skill work or Olympic lifting skill work, and then some sort of conditioning workout. Um, and then what I'd like to add into that, so that would be one session. And then the other session would be some sort of longer conditioning, like getting in the swimming or some other skill type things, as well as, um, um, you know, prehab, rehab, accessory work that I don't get to when I'm trying to just squeeze everything into an hour or an hour and a half in a day. Right. All right. Great. And um, let's move on to section two, which is the mental. Um, how would you describe your state of mind while training? Um, I'm... I'm so, I love training because it's a break away from my, the rest of my life. So usually I'm excited to train. Sometimes I'm like everybody else where you look at the workout on the board and you dread it. Mm -hmm. But, um, I try to keep, um, there's always, there's always carrots in my head, whether it's the people around me or imaginary carrots, like Jamie's killing you on these lifts. You got to catch up or, mm -hmm. um, you know, Camille's flying on those butterfly pull-ups. You better, you know, speed it up, whatever it is to keep me motivated and moving okay great and if you could liken your mental state in competition a little different yeah. um, or maybe it's not for you to a type of organic or inorganic substance what would it be and why it would be the breeze for two reasons um like the wind so um my favorite calming tactic luckily regionals has been in the same spot every year uh, well, almost every year. So at the Del Mar Fairgrounds, from the cattle gates that they put us in before we go out onto the floor, I can always see the palm trees and the wind blowing through the trees, and that's very calming and settling and peaceful to me. So that's like the pre-mental. And then once I'm out there, I feel like you still have to be like the wind. You have to be able to shift and move and adjust to whatever the situation is or however your body's reacting at the time or how the competitors around you are performing and that you can be flexible like the wind and move through and around. Excellent. Imagine this scenario. You're holding a baby and you're right. You're my first mom, by the way. <laughs> so this uh, is going to take on a new shape. Right. You're holding a baby in your right arm and a cooler holding a vital organ in your left. You come to a canyon. The only way across is via zip line, which requires one of your hands to hold on with. What do you put down and what do you take with you? The baby or the vital organ? Yeah, the baby goes in the ice chest with the vital organ or the baby goes in my shirt okay. and we're all going together. There's no, there's yeah. no yeah. putting anything no, in. If, <laughs> no. Especially with you, you know. <laughs> do it all. Can I do it all? I'm going to try. Yeah. First, you're going to make a list of how you're going <laughs> to get across. And then... Right. And then you're going to get them across. All right. A news broadcast just reports that the Earth is going to be struck by an asteroid the size of our moon. 
officials have known about this for some time, but they're just telling about this now. And the asteroid's going to hit within 24 hours. There's no way around it. This is going to be a certain end for our planet. How will you spend your last 24 hours? Hanging out with family. Yeah, cool. And doing what? How does it, what does that look like? Oh, what, what does that look like? Our favorite things, jumping on the trampoline, being at the beach, playing in the sand, digging for sand crabs, having dinner on our porch outside under the, the lights and watching the sunset, doing Fantastic. the things that make, uh, make us happy. Fantastic. This is a two-part question. When is it essential to lie? And when is it deplorable to tell the truth? That's so funny that this question came up because we had a conversation about this in our household the other day. Um, it's deplorable to lie when... Um, no, when is it essential to oh, lie? Oh, essential. Oh, it's essential. Ooh. And then deplorable to tell the truth. Okay. It's essential to lie when you get a gift that you don't like and you're being polite and saying thank you very much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's essential. Um, and it's deplorable to tell the truth when people use truth to hurt others. Mm. So when you're saying I'm just being honest, uh, usually means you're trying to hurt somebody. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like passive aggressive, too. I'm just being honest. Do yeah. you have an example of that without throwing anybody under the bus? Um. God, my students do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you must see it a lot. I see it a lot with students. They're like, I'm just being honest. You're like, what? Sometimes yeah. honesty isn't necessary. <laughs> Fourth graders. Yeah. Who in history, real or fictional, could be anything, um, would you describe as resilient and why that person? Oh, well, recently I've been reading Epictetus. Um which is a philosopher. And I don't know if he's resilient himself, but his philosophy about the Stoics and being resilient and doing what is right and what is good and staying true to your course and knowing who you are and respecting who you are and the reality around you um, is part of what builds in resiliency and always, and that an obstacle is part of the growing and learning process and it's how you how you get up how you surmount how you work through and around that that um builds character great spell his name oh e-p-p epictetus how do you spell it <laughs> e-p-p-e-c-t-i-u-s no epictetus all right, I'll I'll, I'll, we'll I'll find it. Up. I'm yeah, sorry. I'll I'll put it in I'll put it in the newsletter. Um, okay. But uh, that sounds cool. All right, cool, man. So section three, the emotions. I love. By the way, I'm going. I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to um, I'm going to share something with you that uh, at the end of every email uh -huh. that you write, you write smiles, Val. I do. You know, <laughs> I I love that. I, I just love that. It's so cool. It makes me smile. I'm like, ah, Val. <laughs> ah, good. So, um, section three, the emotions. Yes. What is your idea of perfect happiness? <sighs> Lately, it's been my family time. Like, perfect happiness has been, like, I've been the most grateful and happy sitting outside on my porch. I know I already said this. I'm sorry. But oh, sitting there outside, my daughter said, she would always say, let's eat dinner outside. 
And we didn't have like a good setup for going outside. So my husband built a bench and a table and we go and we sit outside and we eat dinner and we watch the sunset and she runs around and plays on the grass and makes up, you know, shows to show us. And um, I, f I feel the most content and happy at those moments. Mm. What is the opposite of fear? opposite of fear um no challenges in your life nothing the opposite of fear like there has to be if if there's challenges and difficulty in your life there's an element of fear because you're doing something that's uncomfortable so the opposite of that would be someone who is um, complacent and not making any growth or change so you feel as though fear is essential to growth Yes. And it doesn't have to be like this giant, you know, like boogeyman in your closet fear. It could right. be like the fear of the workout of the day. Like, you know, you get that nervous, anxious, like anxiety fear, like, ooh, this is going to hurt a little. Yeah. You know, like, I think that's essential. And then facing it versus like ditching the workout or being a wad picker, which I'm guilty of at times. Um, but like, but facing that, facing situations that are uncomfortable and figuring out a way to, to deal awesome please finish this sentence love is blank hugs and kisses from vin <laughs> <laughs> and my husband too but you know i think you understand as i parent. understand i'm a daddy <laughs> i understand it's a different kind it's, it's a different, different kind of love yeah what recurring trait do you notice about yourself that makes you angry my self-doubt hmm Interesting. Yeah. After we get off, I want to share a story with you um, that that Jamie shared about you. <laughs> cool. <laughs> it's fun. Um, when do you experience sadness? Um. Oh God. When my when my daughter's sad. When when I feel like I've let my students down or I haven't handled something correctly. Um, I think those are the moments that I feel the most sad. Interesting. Tell us about the last time you were genuinely surprised. Oh, geez. I don't know. I do a lot of being fake surprised recently with a child. Like, oh, you scared me. I didn't know you were there. Um, I don't know. I don't think I've been genuinely surprised in a long time. I, I was genuinely surprised that I made the top five in SoCal. And, and no, in California. I, really? Were I mean, you really? I, I generally wasn't expecting it. Right. Okay. Yeah. But were you really like surprised? I, I mean, look, I I wasn't I, like, oh my god, they. Well, I I I'll, I'll take your word for it, but I wasn't surprised that <laughs> that you got it. <laughs> you know that you got fourth. I wasn't surprised at all. But I'm wondering if, you know, if um, if being surprised and being, uh, you know excited pleased. yeah pleased um <laughs> are being confused here yeah maybe um, they're the same i don't know i think there's also it goes back to that previous question about doubt mm. yeah so i think those play into each other a little bit so yeah i i was pleased i uh, i mean day one went well very well and parts of day two went well so i guess it wasn't that surprising right um but um 
Yeah, I, I can't remember the last time I've been surprised. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What word or action incites a feeling of disgust in you? Uh, cruelty. Like, cruelty or, or, or death. Like, or, oh. I mean, especially, I mean, ever since I've had students, but especially having a daughter, um, you know, the idea of uh, people who attack uh, or violate children yeah, fills me with disgust. Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, and also what I thought you were going to say is, you know, maybe you're fortunate enough not to have um, experienced this, but when other kids are cruel to your kid, <gasps> isn't that terrible? I I had a horrible experience, and I and and that stu- and that kid was going to be in my fourth grade class, and I had to ask for that kid not to be in my fourth grade class because, and it had happened when Vin was two, mm-hmm. and this other little girl was in like kindergarten, uh, first grade, so she was like you know six years old, and she had been really mean to Vin at the playground and I couldn't like I couldn't the mama bear couldn't see past that one incident with that kid I was like I can't have her in my class because I will never be able to see past that one moment yeah man it's so hard it's like it's just this thing inside of your stomach wells up and you just can't ever get past it i mean no it makes me mad thinking about it right now (laughs) yeah oh okay let's move on (laughs) let's move on um section number four the spirit what is your definition of the spirit it's that to me it's that glowing energy inside that uh that you try not to stifle and that you try to let shine for everyone else to benefit from that's great that's yeah that's a great answer um i love that what happens to us when our bodies die Ah, oh, that spirit, I don't know. It, in my mind, it's uh, it floats up <laughs> and becomes part of the universe. It, it joins back. It's I don't know if it's a reincarnation thing, but it's part of um, becoming back part of the whole. That's great. Name one event in your life that you can most closely describe as a miracle. And not taking forth in... <laughs> The California regionals. <laughs> <laughs> um, growing a human inside of you, yeah. like it's yeah. that's it's astounding. I mean, child to me, childbirth since I had a, a C section wasn't quite the like wow I like I I birthed this, but just having the kid in your arms, the, watching it grow inside your belly, like it's it's the most surreal experience. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse I, me. Sorry. I can't even imagine what it's like for you know. For I've I've been in the room twice, and I know what it's like for me, you know, witnessing yeah. that miracle. But I can't even imagine what it's like to be, you know, the um, the person who grew that little human. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's got to be so astounding. And uh, I'll tell you, you know, when my wife gave birth to my my son, my first born um i came out of that room and you know i'm talking to my buddies and i'm like guys just so you know um men are complete pussies (laughs) (laughs) and uh and you don't even know the half of what 
of what women are capable of because I just saw some shit in that room. Right? <laughs> uh, it's just, you know, it's amazing. Um, it's anyway, amazing. when do you feel most connected with creation? Um, when my daughter points out things that I take for granted. Like what? You know, you're, you're, you're walking down the street and she's like, oh, oh, look at this flower. And you're like, oh, oh, wow, it is amazing. Wow. Yeah. Nature and life is amazing. When she points out, when she begs you to run outside to see the sunset because the colors in the sky are spectacular. When um, a little bug is so interesting that we're going to stop and watch it for like 10 minutes to see what it's going to do and how it moves and why. That That is... Uh, that's when I feel connected to creation. She sounds like an amazing kid. Aw, I think she is. <laughs> what is the thing that is the closest resemblance to absolute truth for you? Ooh. I don't have one for that one. Okay. I mean, that in itself is, you know, a resemblance of absolute truth for you. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. Why, why do you feel you were put on this earth? Last question. Uh, to be the best version of myself I can be. And in so doing, um, lead by example for others. Val, thanks for coming on the show. That's the end of the questionnaire. Uh, thanks so much for having me, Steve. Dude, I really enjoyed talking to you. I wanna, I've wanted to talk to you for a while, and that was great. So thank you for coming on. And um, also, you know, before we say our goodbyes, I just want to, again, thank you for sharing that part of yourself that can help. I mean, you know, you just told me why you feel you were put on this earth, and um, you're living that by example. You just shared something that, um, you know, you've never shared before, and, and I guarantee you that that's helping somebody. So thank you. Thanks again for that. And um, and before you go, tell us how we can connect with you. How can the audience connect with Val Vobro? Um, I am all my, what are those handles called? Are all Val Vobro. That's just, um, just val.com is a website. And um, Instagram and Facebook are uh, Val Vobro. Excellent. And do you have any events coming up that we could check out other than the 2017 CrossFit Games or anything else we should know that's important to you right now? Um, I get to do the box crawl with Jamie. I'm very excited about that in a few weeks. We're going to uh, run six miles between three different gyms and do a workout at each gym. Um, and in the meantime, not much else. My husband set up a GoFundMe page to help me get to the games and afford all the all the travel details and excitement of of that yes absolutely that's uh that's an event that um that gets expensive i don't know if everybody knows this but but the the athletes need to pay to go right yeah i don't know if everybody knows that so all everybody who's listening out there if if you're watching the crossfit games um every single athlete there has to pay to go there so I, I don't know. It helps every, every, these GoFundMe pages really help, um, the athletes make it happen so they could focus on what they're doing and, and give you all a great show. So what is the, is it, is it GoFundMe? You just go there and type in Val Vobril. We'll see your campaign. You can. Yes. It's, um, get Val Vobril to the games. Or if you go to 
um, GoFundMe and type in Val Bobril, you'll get the link both ways. Okay, I'll also I'll also um, make a note of that in the um, in in the newsletter as oh, well. Um, thank you very much. People are amazingly. Our community is so generous in giving. It's a it's really um, really heartwarming. Yeah, big time. I mean, absolutely. And um, you know, these these like I said, these Go, GoFundMe pages. There's a couple of them, but they really. They really have helped these athletes go so they could just focus on what it is that they're there to focus on, which is being the best athlete they can be, and um, it's pretty awesome. But uh, before you go, yes, can you plant a seed of inspiration, some parting words for the audience? Oh, well, I've got two. Uh, the faster you finish, the faster you're done. Uh, <laughs> for CrossFit workouts. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, my favorite is just smile. It's amazing how even that fake it till you make it smiling has such a positive effect. Val, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Steve. All right. You take care and good luck. I'll be watching and we'll be rooting for you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye, Steve. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Art of Fitness. If you did, please subscribe, write a review. Also, go to www.theartoffitnesspodcast.com, scroll down, and do all of your Amazon shopping through the Art of Fitness portal. It would really help support. Thanks a lot.